Scott did ask me to get to talk about giving today. He said, why don't you talk about giving and stewardship? And I said, well, those are two specific different things. And stewardship is about how we manage the things that God has given us very well. And giving is just a joyful thing that we do as people of the kingdom of God. And it's a whole lot more fun than stewardship. So I'm going to talk about giving. How's that sound? I'd rather do that than talk about stewardship anyway. Y'all can get stewardship from somebody else. Giving is just plain fun. Y'all heard that, right? Giving is fun. That should be our motto. Giving is fun. Everybody say that. Giving is fun. All right. Now let's see. Let me read to you from Matthew. Before I do that, though, I want to, I want to focus on giving today. I want, you know, and when we talk about giving, giving is, is uh, it's giving of our lives, it's giving of ourself, it's giving of our love, it's giving of our time. All of these are ways that we can give. But today, when I'm talking about giving to you, I want to talk about money. Okay? And there's a reason, not because of what I just talked about, about our budget in the church and all that kind of stuff, because I am not about manipulation. Okay, that's, I am not going to try to manipulate anybody. I think that's wrong. I want to talk to you about giving in the framework of money because we live in a country that is grasped by money. Our country is under the control of money. And as we, we are part of that, we may not be fully controlled by it, but we still feel the influences of it. And so I think it's important that we as Christians focus on giving our funds, giving our cash, giving our money, that thing that controls the country, to make a statement that we are not controlled by that. So let's go forward and let's read this. We are intimately linked in this harvest work. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me. The one who sent you... I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Let me read it again. We are intimately linked in the harvest work. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me, the one who sent you. Anyone who accepts what I do accepts my Father who sent me. Accepting a messenger of God is as good as being God's messenger. Accepting someone's help is as good as giving someone help. This is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. You won't lose out on a thing. That's just an amazing scripture to me. What is the work that God is calling us into? What is the work that Jesus is talking about here? He said, I've called you into this great work, this large work I've called you into. Well, it's being in the kingdom. It's living as a kingdom, a child of the kingdom of God. That's the work that we have, is being people of God's kingdom. It's living the kingdom life here on this earth right now. It's interesting to me that he, in this particular scripture, talks about how do we start this work. He said, start small. Start by just, you know, giving a cup of water. See, it's interesting that the first step that he says on how you start is giving. He doesn't say, believe this. He doesn't say, do this. He says, let's start this work small. Just give something. What a great picture of the life of the kingdom. If we're a part of the kingdom, the kingdom life is about giving. That's what Jesus' life on the earth was about, giving. He came from the day he was born till the day he rose again and then left the earth. He was about giving. He gave his whole life for us. And so it shouldn't be unusual when we read this and see the first, our first step in the kingdom. The small step that we do to move forward in the kingdom is give a cup of cool water to somebody that's thirsty. Give something to someone who needs it. That's the first step. Now, how many of you know that our life in the kingdom doesn't stay at the first step, but we're supposed to grow? 
Y'all believe we're supposed to grow in this kingdom of God? We're not supposed to be just that small first step. We're supposed to move forward. It should be our life in the kingdom of God should be something that we do from we start small, but we continue to expand all the way until we see Jesus. And once we see Jesus, then we are finished in, in our growth, I hope. I, at least that's the way I understand it. But while we're here and while we're alive, we're growing in this kingdom life. Well, let's see what the goal of where we're growing to is. The kingdom life encourages us to give to all our all to others. And by this, in John it says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. We know love because he laid his life down for us. But we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. Okay, now that's a long ways from giving that one cup of water in it. Now we've gone from giving a cup of cool water to somebody to laying down my life for somebody, for people, for our brothers. This is a life of giving. This is what God is leading us into. As kingdom people, we are called to be givers. We start small, possibly, but then we go into giving our whole lives for others. That's what Jesus did. He gave his whole life for us. And that's the way he's calling us. Give your life for other people. It's a life of giving, or it's more importantly, you call it a lifestyle of giving. It says here in Luke, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Uh-oh. Don't play with your microphone. Okay. Let's start that over. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life giving back. But not merely giving back. Giving back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. I love it. Giving is the way. Giving is the way. Okay, say that. Giving is the way. Okay, y'all didn't say it. Giving is the way. Giving is the way. It's a lifestyle. It's how we are to live our lives. And this, my friends, is bigger than just tithing. I'm not talking to you today about tithing. Okay? Tithing is something I believe in. With my heart, we, we, try, we, are, we, we tithe to the church. My wife and I, we've decided that's important to us. We give our tithe to the church. But this is bigger than tithing. I think the church gets, not, and when I say the church, I'm about the church in general, gets hung up on tithing. We're talking too much about tithing. No, we need bigger than that. We need a life of giving. Not just 10%, not a tithe, a life of giving. Tithing is important. I'm not trying to downplay that in any way. In fact, it's one of the few things, well, not one of the few things, it's one of the things that, is prom- that comes with a promise. If you tithe, God will bless you. But haven't we just read that? Giving begets Generosity begets generosity begets generosity. So while tithing is important, I'm looking for something bigger in our lives. I'm looking for people who are proactively looking for places, people to give to, places to give to, things to give to. We are to be givers in the kingdom of God. We need to be proactively looking for places to give our money to, places to give our time to, places to give our life to. The Bible talks about a cheerful giver. 
I'm going to read that scripture to you because I like the way it says it in the message way better. By the way, those of you that are following along, this is all the message Bible that I'm reading this from. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. See, I told you I wasn't into manipulating. We're not, I don't want you to have your arm twisted this morning. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. A person who lives the lifestyle of giving can't be, be manipulated because he's looking for places to give. He's looking for opportunities to give throughout his whole life. And so when he chooses not to give to one, he's not that concerned because he's looking for others all the time. So there's no manipulation or arm twisting. He can't be forced or guilted into giving. I hate when people force or guilt people into giving. That's a pet peeve of mine. I've seen it way too much in the church, the church in general. I haven't seen it here in this church, I will say that. But I hate that. Giving is something we do cheerfully because we are in a lifestyle of giving. We don't do it because the doors are going to close if we don't, and I know I did say that earlier. That's not why we do it. We do it because it's our lifestyle. We are in a lifestyle of giving. And there is such freedom in that. Do you guys know that when you give, it's a key to freedom in your life? Giving brings you freedom. Another day, a man stopped Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus said, Why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you to. The man asked, what in particular? Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. The young man said, I've done all that. What's left? If you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell all your possessions, give everything to the poor, all your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so, crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things, and he couldn't bear to let go. I'll make a statement to you. I am never more free in my life than when I give. Here's a man that had no freedom in his life. He was holding on to his things, to the things in his life, so tightly that it was really not him holding on to them, they were holding on to him. that make sense? He wasn't holding on to things. The things had a hold over him. And he was trapped in this mentality of holding on. But when I give, when I let things go like this, when I give and I live a lifestyle of looking for places to give, then all of a sudden things in my life don't have control over me. What has a hold over us? What has a hold in your life? What are things that you're not willing to get rid of or to give away? Okay, some things can be good. For example, I'm not willing to give away my wife. Okay, she has a hold on me. I will say that gladly today. I don't want to get rid of her and I don't want to give her away. Okay, now my Honda is a different story. And that's not the motorcycle, by the way, it's the car. I haven't yet been able to get a motorcycle. I've been wanting one, but there's people in my life that don't want me to have one. So, we don't have one yet. <clears throat> but my car is a Honda, 
It doesn't have a hold over me. And, you know, give it away, keep it, whatever. Jeff, he's got a problem. He needs a car. I need to show that it doesn't have, I mean, it doesn't have a hold on me. It's not going to be a problem if I give my Honda to Jeff, which I'm not going to do, by the way. Okay? It doesn't have a hold on me. I give it away. The things that I am giving do not have a hold on me. And all of a sudden, I have a great freedom in life. Now, guys, I'm not talking about living a life of poverty or taking a vow of poverty, although there's nothing wrong with that if God tells you to do that. There are people that do that. I'm not talking about that. We all know the realities of money and what we need to live. But I'm talking about what has a hold on your life. And if you're not willing to give away the small things in life, then, then you don't control your life. You don't have a hold of your life. These things do. Okay? The, our giving shows two things about our life with Christ. You know, I talked about growing. The amount that I give or the willingness I have to give or the lifestyle of giving that I live shows two things about my life in Christ. First of all, it shows how much I trust God. Okay, the more I give, the more I'm saying to God, I trust you. I'm not worried about this. This is not something that I have to take much concern about because you're going to take care of me and I'm willing to give it away. The amount of lifestyle that I live in giving is, shows the trust that I have for God. The second thing it shows me, or the second thing it tells about your life, if you live a lifestyle of giving, you're saying how much you love others. Okay? You're putting others' needs above yourself. Jeff may have a problem. He may need help. He may need funds. He may need, you know, I don't know. He may be suffering. Do I love him as Christ loved him? I hope so. I want to. That's where we need to be growing to. Do we love as Christ loved? In other words, am I willing to lay down my stuff for Jeff because he needs it? This is the love that God's bringing us into, and this is what a lifestyle of giving, I believe, leads us to. You need this? Sure. The beautiful picture of that, and this is, uh, I don't have the scripture up, I'm just reminded of the beautiful picture of this, is the early church sitting out in the temple, and everybody brought their stuff, and nobody had need because everybody shared everything. Okay, that's called living in community. Ooh, don't go off now. That's called living in community. You guys have a need? Let's share. Let's help. Let's love. I don't care if it's my stuff. You just take it and use it. That's a lifestyle of giving that we need to be moving toward in Christ. As we grow as kingdom people, we should be givers, looking for places to give our money and to give our life and to give our time. But I'm going to focus on money because that's what I am today. Looking for places to give our money. You know something? When we do that, there is an incredible joy that just leaps within us. And, and if you will do this, I can testify. I'm going to tell you some stories here in a minute, but I can testify to you. It's true. There is a joy to giving that you cannot fathom or you can't get from anywhere else. If I'm free and I'm giving, it just brings incredible joy. Let's read this story. It's an amazing story to me. I wish we actually had the background of this story, but we don't have much background about it in the Bible. Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. 
They were incredibly happy, through, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of the poor Christians. Now, Paul was amazed about what he saw there. I'm amazed. I mean, these people are obviously, I don't know what they went through because we don't have the history, or at least I don't know what the history is, but they hit something really big in their lives that was stressful and hard and taxing. And yet, what was their first thing? We want to give to help these other people. It doesn't matter what we're going through. These people need help. Let's give. Let's help them. I don't care about my life or whether I've got food this week. These people need help. The rest will take care of itself. A life of giving. It amazed Paul. He was amazed by what he saw there. He couldn't believe it. But he saw the true lifestyle of giving that was seen in the king, that comes from being in the kingdom of God here. These people said, they were, you know, they were pleading, let me give. They knew the joy that would happen if they were able to give. Now, I want to give you a couple of personal examples. They're all from the 80s, so, they're not, so I'm not tooting my own horn about anything that is happening this week or you know, right now. These are all examples in our life from the 80s. My wife and I, we lived in Sri Lanka in, in uh, 85 and 86. And uh, as I told you earlier, we believe in tithing. Well, back in those days, they didn't have, you know, electronic transfers and they didn't have, uh, you know, get on the website and give to the church and all that kind of stuff. That was not there. And even if they did have the beginnings of it here, it wasn't in Sri Lanka, I can tell you that. In a little village in the backwoods of Sri Lanka, all we could do was write a check, put it in an envelope and pray, God, let this make it to the U.S. That's what we would do. So we would send our tithe check back to our home church. Well, they would also send us tapes of the messages that, that the pastor spoke. And, and when I say tapes, I mean really tapes, the white cassette ones, you know, with little things and the tape on it. I know you guys don't know what that is, but it was a good thing back in those days. So I would get the messages back, and we would listen to them, and, and the pastor was speaking one day, and, you know, this was several months later, and I had no idea what the message was going to be about. And he started talking about, you know, this past week, they're a small, they were a small church at that time, so we just didn't have any money. said, the offering was low, there wasn't any money. I mean, we just barely had enough to pay the bills. There was nothing for my family and I to have. I said, we didn't have any food in the kitchen. I couldn't get a salary. And said, I came in on Monday morning and I was just feeling really horrible. He said, then I opened the mail. And there in the mail was a check from Sri Lanka from Steve and Mary Ann. And it was enough to cover our food for the week. Which, you know, in those days was a lot less than it is now. But <clears throat> he said, we had enough to eat. And he was just raving about how God had met a need in his life and in the church's life. How beautiful that was. How much joy he got from that. And I'm just sitting there listening to this tape grinning. But wow, that was kind of neat. I'm glad we got to do that. The joy of giving is not just from what I receive from giving it, but what we give to others. There's a joy in giving. There was another time, Marianne and I, we had just been married. Maybe two years, maybe three. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I'm not even sure if we had kids at that time, not that it matters based on the story. My wife was working at a, a Christian school. She actually, I'm going to brag on my wife a little bit, she actually founded, was part of the founding team of the school, got it accredited with the state of North Carolina and got it set up and running and did all that kind of good stuff because I have a smart wife. I'll just tell you that. I have a smart wife. 
she was able to do all that. Anyway, we're sitting there, and there is this woman in our church at that time who was a widow, and she had three daughters, and, and it was time for one of them to go to school, and she really wanted this girl to go to the Christian school at our church. But she just didn't have the money to do it. And so I'm not sure whose idea it was. Uh, uh, there was three couples that we were, we, two other couples that we spent almost every weekend with together. I mean, we'd always get together and make bean dip and stuff. The, the fellowship that we had in those days was wonderful. Um, and I don't know whose idea it was, but we said, how about if we just, you know, pay, us, pay for her tuition to go to school, the three couples together? We all, yeah, let's do that. The fact that it took three of us to do that can tell you how much money we were making at that time because none of us could do it ourselves, but the three of us together were able to do that. We were able to give, so let's do it so that she doesn't know who it's from. Let's just give it to the church, and they'll, they'll set up. Now, I'm losing a few points here by telling you all about it, but that's okay. I think it's all right, you know. So we did that. We gave, and then the next, oh, in the next week or so, we saw her again because she was a good friend of ours, and she was just grinning from ear to ear because somebody had made a way for her daughter to go to school. And she was so happy, and there was such joy in her heart because, frankly, what she was seeing is that God loved her so much to meet that need in her life. That's what it was saying. God loved her so much that he met that need in her life. Well, I'm grinning from ear to ear because God loved me so much that he allowed me to help in doing that. I got to do joy because God let me do that. There's joy when we give. Joy when we live a life of giving. Okay? I, 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 ooh, I can't tell you how much I believe this because I've seen it in my life for a long time now, which I'm not going to tell you how many years that is. But I've seen it in my life. It's a joyful thing. So this morning I want to leave you with a challenge. Let's read a scripture. Sitting across from the offering box, he being Jesus, was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, measly two cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all of the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Now I want you to pay attention to what you don't read in this scripture. What you don't see in this scripture is how the woman, you, know, you don't see any resolution of her life. You don't see this great blessing she received after she left. You don't see this great amount of money that God poured into her life after she left doing this. In fact, as far as we know, she left and starved to death because she had no more money. I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know what happened to this poor widow. We want to hope it was better than that, but we don't know. And apparently it wasn't important to Jesus to tell us because he could have. He could have said something right here about, I'm going to bless her. God's going to give her great blessing because she did that. He didn't say it. He, apparently that wasn't important to him. What was important is the example that he wanted us to see, and he put her up as an example for us. This is a lifestyle of giving. This is what the kingdom's all about. Jesus puts her up as an example before us. Giving all you have to others. That's the lifestyle of the kingdom. 
So my challenge for you today, as we go out this week, today, think about how much you want to give above and beyond what you're giving to wherever you give to now. Say, I want to give an extra amount of money today, this week. Then find somebody this week or something or some organization, somebody that has a need, and give it to them. You start doing that, I mean, it could be $100, it could be $10, it could be whatever. And I'm saying money because, once again, that's why we're talking, that's what I'm talking about. Of course, if you want to give time or other things or give your nice watch, somebody after the first service told me, yeah, God told me to give a watch. So I'm like, well, okay. Think of something that you can give this week. And let this be the beginning of giving each week, each day, to somebody else. That's what our life in the kingdom is about. We live for others. We don't live for ourselves. We live to give to others. So I challenge you, find the place to give this week and do it. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that we can hear your voice. We thank you that we can live in the kingdom. We thank you mostly, God, that you showed us the example of your son who gave his all for us. Help us, Father, to lay down our lives and to give our all for others. God, we worship you this morning. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. The offering basket is still back there, should that be the place that God tells you to give. But if you want to do an extra offering because of the, the deficit we have, please do that. Have a great week. Enjoy the Super Bowl today. I'm looking forward to wings. So <clears throat> I don't care about the game. I care about the wings. See you guys later. <laughs>